0: So I'll call you when I get home. You ever say that to anybody? Or have somebody ask you to do that? I think it depends on your family. Uh, maybe some, some families are more of the mindset, hey, no news is good news. Uh, because they have told you before, call me when you get home and you get caught up in something else and then you never call and they're laying awake all night worried about you because you never called. So you've just adopted the policy. No news is good news. Other families, I think especially if you don't travel much, you say, call me when you get home. My parents have flown like twice in their life maybe. So if I fly back from their house, I, it's imperative that I call them. They want to make sure I made it safe. And so you, you call to make sure that you, everything went well with flying and that you made it home. When Jesus flew, when he flew into heaven on ascension, which is what we celebrated last week, he knew that his disciples, his followers, might just be a little bit nervous. Uh, they, not only would they be without their friend, not only be without their teacher, at least physically in their lives, uh, their whole lives were going to be changing. Their roles were going to be changing. Now, instead of being students, they were going to be the teachers. Now they were going to be the missionaries. As Jesus had commissioned them, you, you go and make disciples of all nations. And so they would have had a lot of nervousness going on, uh, not only internally, but also really from pressures from outside as well, so externally. And so Jesus said, don't worry, I'll let you know when I get home. And what Jesus offered to them was much more comforting, much more heart-settling than just a phone call saying, hey, I'm okay. He said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to send... The Holy Spirit to you and he had told this to them numerous times even the night before he died this is, this is what he said they were gathered together in this upper room uh, Jesus had just given them Holy Communion and he says hey all this I've spoken while I'm still with you I want you to know this is what's going to happen but the advocate the Holy Spirit is going to whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things he'll remind you of everything I have said to you Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. That word advocate maybe deserves a little explanation. Sometimes we use that in court terminology. It usually means someone who speaks on behalf of another person. Probably a better way to understand that word here is that it's, it's someone who's called to your side. Jesus is saying, you know what, yeah, I'm I'm flying. I'm going into heaven. I'm going home. But you're not going to be alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to your side. He's going to put his arm around you. He's going to teach you. He's going to remind you of everything that I've said so you can be at peace. And that's what he did. Ten days after Jesus flew into heaven, he sent this advocate. He sent the Holy Spirit into their lives that's what we're celebrating today that's what we just read at the beginning of service from acts chapter 2 of the account of pentecost and today as we take a little bit closer look at that the events of that day we want to look at what i'm going to call find comfort of the three m's three m's of pentecost uh the first comfort that we get to celebrate is that find comfort first of all in the miracles that the holy spirit comes with miracles. So so there were miracles that happened on that first Pentecost. If if you would have been there in Jerusalem 50 days after Easter, I, I don't think you would forget very quickly what happened that day. At least three miracles list are listed for us. Uh, I don't know if you heard them before. All right, you can here's your shining moment. You remember what were some of the miracles that happened? Anybody? it's okay to talk out loud any miracles tongues of fire alright the disciples had tongues of fire on their head and to go along with that it didn't singe their hair All right. before the tongues of fire the rushing wind the sound the sound of a rushing wind they didn't see leaves or trees moving like we do here. They didn't see garbage cans going down the street, but they heard the sound of wind. And so all the crowds poured out into the streets, and it's kind of a neat word. It says they were all in bewilderment. What is this? They heard the sound of wind. So yeah, so the the wind, the tongues, and the third one, probably the most common one, the speech. They hear these unschooled, Ordinary guys were all of a sudden able to speak in languages in such a way that they were understood by others. Fifteen different countries are listed there in that Acts 2 account that I just read earlier I was going to call on a volunteer reader. That's always a a tough section to get through all all the countries that are listed there. And what do they say? We hear the wonders of God being proclaimed in our native tongues. Three major miracles... That happened right there. And like I said, you would not forget that. But what about today? What does that mean for us today? Does the Holy Spirit still come with miracles today? We can see wind or the the wind effects, right? I see the trees moving right now as I sit here. Or we can see the effects as our fences get blown over, right? Tongues of fire? I don't see any as I look out there today. So maybe, so we don't just have the sound of a rushing wind today. We actually see wind, the effects of wind. We don't see tongues of fire on you. And if you did, you know, Joe and me, I think it singed our hair if it would have been on there, right? Um, And as far as languages? That miracle isn't necessarily there either. I mean, even even in studying for today, so Vicar and I, whenever we, we preach on something, we'll, we'll look it up in the original language, and I got to this word this week called synchheo, and I'm like, I don't know what that word means. And I had to look it up, and it meant bewilderment. That's not a very common word. Uh, you know. So, so you don't see these miracles maybe the same way that that Jerusalem crowd saw them that day, and we're like, well, does the Holy Spirit then still even work? The answer is yes. And you see it right here. Yeah, we're celebrating Pentecost today. In another w- celebration today, we're also celebrating confirmation. Confirmation is what we talked, a little bit of talked about. So April is being, having completed starting point today is, is we're celebrating the how, how God has worked faith in her heart and continues to work faith in her heart. and And, and how God how God does that in each and every one of us. You know, you just see the growth. You know, when I, when I see how, how God has, has worked on April these last couple years that you've been here and, and now super active in campus ministry and, and volunteering for soccer camp, and you, you see how, how the Holy Spirit works faith in our hearts, which then shows itself in life. And you see it in every one of you. The fact that you are here today worshiping God is no less of a miracle than what happened there in Jerusalem on that that Sunday many, many years ago. That, that, That the same power that the Holy Spirit displayed back then is still on display today. Maybe not with the same pizzazz of Pentecost, but it's there with just as much horsepower, just as much spirit power. You know, it, it's kind of like, you, you think about how power gets, gets released today. You know, I could have a, a 10-gallon gas can here that I would have filled up this morning, and I would be 60 bucks, you know, l- less money in my pocket. But I'd, I'd bring that, that 10-gallon uh, gas can here today, and what could I do with it? I could drop a match in it, and boom, right? We would have a big explosion. We would see the, the energy released just like that. Or we could take those 10 gallons, put them into our car, and that same amount of energy would be harnessed, but it would fuel you for, depending on your car, 300 miles, right? That's how the Holy Spirit works. On Pentecost, he, boom, exploded onto the scene, unleashed his power. As 3,000 people came to faith in one day, and he had all these miracles for people to see and to witness, but today in his wisdom he's chosen most of the time to harness it and he's poured his fuel into to people and through you and through the through congregations he, he he channels his power through word and through sacrament to create the same miracle effect that he did on that day you know that that maybe reminds me of, of what we were talking about so with with confirmation so spoiler alert april but we we pick, a, we pick a confirmation passage for every one of our people, and the, and the passage we chose today is Romans 1, verse 16, which is, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. It's the gospel that gives us that power, which really brings us to the second point, that, that you and I can still find comfort in the working of the Holy Spirit today, because not only does he come with miracles, he also comes, secondly, with that message. As Peter and the boys stood up in front of that Jerusalem crowd that day, you know, it became quickly evident that they weren't, they weren't talking about, hey, did you see last night's ball game? Or they weren't saying, hey, let me tell you about my vacation, or tell you about your vacation plans. No, what did the crowd say? We hear, we hear them declaring the wonders the wonders of God in our native language they very clearly talked about how how the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus uh, they they clearly um, they clearly uh, uh, talked about the the gospel I mean look at some of these quotes from them they said here's Peter saying everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved they also talked specific law as they pointed right at that crowd and said you You, with the help of wicked men, you put to death Jesus on that cross. And then they followed that up, talking about Jesus' resurrection. They talked about Jesus' ascension. I mean, just so clearly and so concisely, they gave a whole summary of what the the Bible teaches. I mean, do yourself a favor this week. Sometimes sit down and read Acts 2, the story of Pentecost. I read 21 verses, there's 20 more. But you will just see how clearly and how concisely the the disciples were able to share the message of the gospel, to share the message, the powerful message of God's word. And it, it leads us to ask you know, just how could they do that? Especially when you consider their history. Just 52 days prior to this, Peter thought, you know what? I need to establish the kingdom of Jesus by the sword. They he cut off a guy's ear as he was fighting for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And now, only 52 days later, he says, No, the kingdom of God is established by the sword of the Spirit, the Word. 52 days prior to this, Peter sounded like a bumbling idiot as a little servant girl asked him, Hey, don't you know Jesus? And he says, Well, Jesus, Jesus who, right? And now he stands up in front of thousands of people that are gathered, and he clearly outlines who Jesus is and and what he has done for us. And it, it makes you wonder, you know, like what changed? How how could Peter be have be transformed so quickly? immensely, in such a short time. That's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Look again what Jesus promised. He said, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And he will remind you of everything I have said to you. This was not a new message for Peter. But it was a strengthened message. The Holy Spirit... Took that word that, that he had heard before, and now all of a sudden, just made it click. Sometimes we call the Holy Spirit the Enlightener; He made the light go on for Peter. And that's what the Holy Spirit does with the very same word, for you and for me. I mean, let's face it: this book can be a very intimidating book, right? Uh, you know, it's like, where do I begin? Or, or it can maybe be just seemingly ununderstandable to our our feeble minds it, it it can maybe seem closed to our naturally stony hearts and yet what does the holy spirit do he unfolds those words he unfolds those words maybe they don't make sense right away but he's able to take just black and white pieces of paper and miraculously have an effect right here that you and I can't even explain. I mean, it, it, try, try explaining how, how faith works. That all of a sudden, something that is seemingly unbelievable becomes believable to you. And next week, we're going to celebrate what's called Trinity Sunday. Uh, the, the, the awe of the person of God, that he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet he's only one God. You and I can't explain that. We can't understand that, and yet in a little bit, you're all going to say with me, I believe in God the Father Almighty, and I believe in Jesus Christ as only Son, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. That's a miracle. Or, or to think that the, the you know, how can you and I sit here today and say, you know what, yeah, there is some Jewish guy who lived 2,000 years ago, and he died on a piece of wood. And somehow that erases everything bad I ever did, and I get to go to heaven and live forever where there's no more crying, no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Word that He comes with in our lives. I mean there's a lot of good literature out there, right? Dr. Zeus, you know, classic. But I can read Green Eggs and Ham so often and I guess what? Okay, I get it. Green Eggs and Ham, right? Or Horton Hears Who or whatever you, Dr. Zeus you want or places you go. But it doesn't create faith. How the Holy Spirit can take these words whether they're spoken or read and transform them to be life-changing, not just this life-changing, but eternal life-changing. That is the power of the message in your life that the Holy Spirit still comes with. And I know sometimes we, we vary on how we express that. Maybe we don't even know how to express it. But that miracle I know is alive and well. It's alive and well right here. It's always nice to pick on people who aren't here. So Allie, Allie's visiting her son in Boise this week. And, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, as we're walking down, the, we did the congregational walk downtown. I mean, just to hear her talk about how, she's been a Christian her whole life, but how she's been in the word these last three years and how it, she's with tears in her eyes trying to explain the difference that the word has worked. It's not just her. I see it in all of you. Don't undermine the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the message. And not only does the Holy Spirit work on our hearts, He also works on our lips, He works on our hands, He works on our feet. He works, leads us to serve. Which really gets to the third point is that not only does He come with miracles, not only does He come with the message, He comes with motivation. Motivation. You you again look at Peter. Starts off talking and everybody says, ah, you're drunk. (laughs) If he would have heard that eight weeks earlier, he would have crumbled and cowered. Oh, these guys aren't going to listen to me. But he realizes what's going on there. He realizes that as, as he's speaking, as he quotes the prophet Joel, he says, this is fulfillment of the prophecy. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. He can't help in fact, that, that, it says that numerous times in the New Testament. We cannot help but witness. We cannot help but speak what we have seen and heard. The, the fire that once was tongues on the top of their heads, now was this fire in their belly that just said, you know what, I need to do this. I need to serve. And the Holy Spirit does the same thing for you. You know, I look at today, and why is it that we have five college students who flew here this week and are giving up a summer, uh, a week of summer to be here? Because they want to see Reno? Okay, maybe. But it's also because God has worked in you, has motivated you to want to help share the gospel message. That's not a small thing, how the Holy Spirit still motivates us. Or why is it that you know, that we have an anonymous couple uh, that has offered to, uh, to match up to $100,000 through our blessed to Bless program uh, for, for gifts that are brought forward between now and the end of the year for, to establish a future location? Because they want the credit? They're anonymous, right? They're motivated by the Spirit. And you think of how you were. I, I could sit up here and give you the best you ra speech to say, hey, you have to share your faith or you have to serve others or you have to sweep floors. And maybe you'll do it because you feel pity for me or you feel guilted into doing it. But in the end, real service is not any result of a you rah speech. The Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit can lead you to want to share your faith. The Holy Spirit can lead you to serve others. The Holy Spirit can yes even motivate you to sweep floors. He makes us want to do those things. And it's not just things here. I mean, you think about anything in your life. Are you having trouble loving someone? Having trouble forgiving someone? We need a, you know you want to make yourself have a more consistent worship pattern or you maybe want to find a a better have more joy at work or or maybe you need an attitude change or maybe you need you know help with your marriage or maybe you you want to have better use of your abilities or or better management of the gifts that God has given to you There's one source that motivates us in all those areas. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He is not just an eternal life changer as he shows us Jesus so clearly. He is an earthly life changer as he motivates us to live for him. I mean, again, you you look at what Jesus says here. In conjunction with promising the gift of the Holy Spirit to be in your life that is what brings peace peace I leave you peace I give you so you don't have to let your hearts be troubled you don't have to be afraid because the Holy Spirit is with you with miracles with a message and with motivation until you are safely at home. Amen. We now join our hearts and voices in the Apostles' Creed. Uh, Please stand as we confess our faith.